David and I are back. We are going to talk today about what, David? The Avengers. The Avengers from 2012. I think when it came out, they uh, tried to get us to call it Marvel's The Avengers. I think because there had already been that movie, The Avengers, um, that uh, actually... Oh, that crappy one? Yeah, that Carlin and Annalise talked about a while ago on Dragonfly Ripple. But, uh, so I think they were just trying to differentiate, maybe, but... But the thing is, when you're trying to differentiate, you're also verifying that it exists. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, guaranteed that uh, when people hear the Avengers now, they're not thinking of that uh, that spy movie with um, who was in that Uma Thurman, Ray Fiennes. They're thinking oh. of this one that we're talking about tonight, which is probably I don't I don't I don't speak for everyone in the world, but. At least for me, it's pro. I would think that it's probably in the top ten of every single Marvel fan or people that like the Marvel movies. That reminds me. I think when we did our last episode, we did not uh, do new ranking updates. That's all right. We can just do it now. So we can we can do it. Well, we'll do it at the end. Well, yeah. I want to say now. I mean this episode. But. Okay. So before we get into the adventures, though, we did watch the framing sequence around Captain America: First Adventure. Mm-hmm. We kind of stuck that into its place. Um, so that came out before Thor, right? Captain America? Yeah. No, it came out after Thor. It came out after Thor. Okay. Captain America was the one right before the Avengers, because okay. they had the trailer for the Avengers. That's right, that's right. At the end of it. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of describe what that framing sequence is for the listeners. Uh, he wakes up. Well, that's the end. What, what's the, the opening part? Oh, they find his plane with the shields in it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, you know, they kind of put some mystery on it. It's like the opening of an alien movie. Yeah, right. We found this thing half frozen in the ice. It looks really big. They, like, show you all the the flare kind of outline of it. Yeah, that literally is the opening of AVP. So, never mind. Yeah, (laughs) it is the opening of an alien movie. (laughs) And, uh... They dig into it with the there's a really cool laser thing, the, that that circular <laughs> laser saw thing. Yeah. And um go down and they you see what what do they find in there? Like what's the the, the money? Uh the shield. Yeah, the shield's off Rosen. It's like, oh we gotta call somebody. And then it flashbacks and it does the whole World War Two thing and then it ends with like you said, he's waking up. And uh, I don't know any anything else you want to say about just kind of ending and they have a trailer the the end credits thing is a trailer for Avengers yeah. so <laughs> like I like how the um, they're, they're trying to like transition him into the modern times by they put him in this room that's decorated in very 1940s style they like they have a baseball game yeah they're playing home. a baseball game which unfortunately for them is uh he went to that so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he knows that it's not like yeah he, he knows that can't be live because that's already happened and um but like even the 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 medical professional working with him i don't know if she was a nurse or a doctor who she was but but she's dressed you know very 1940s um and uh but yeah he so he sees through it because sees through it because of the baseball game and uh escapes and uh, escapes into Times Square. <laughs> Which, not a very good opening into the real world. Yeah, it's like suddenly, whoa, this is not home. Or I guess the modern world, right. I should say. 
And then that's where Nick Fury shows up and uh, tries to calm the situation down. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. That, that's pretty much Captain Then the America. trailer for Avengers plays. And then, yeah, and then they... I actually like show a clip from Avengers and then the trailer for Avengers plays. Yeah, do they do credits? They show like that clip of him boxing. Yeah, that that yeah, right. And then says something about you know that's basically Nick Fury recruiting him for the Avengers mission, and then they play like you said the trailer for the Avengers, which is uh, kind of the second type of these in credit sequences that we get. Well, they never like show an actual trailer. Like they might show a scene from the next movie, but not a trailer. Right, right. So, okay, so let's talk about the Avengers then. So, first of all, let's let's address some of the, the concerns that you had at the end of Thor, because I know. Yeah, they're not really valid anymore. <laughs> I think one of them at least is. Um, so let's talk first about the first one that comes to my mind is you had a problem with the uh the, the bifrost gate yeah that one's not valid anymore okay so tell me again what your concern was and then how avengers addressed it i thought that they basically rebuilt the bifrost in like a year or something which didn't really seem possible yeah but that's not true because they never used the Bifrost. In fact, they mentioned the Bifrost is destroyed. So, yeah, yeah, not not valid. So they mentioned how does Thor get to Earth from Asgard to kind of we do not know. They say something about dark. Well, uh, um, Loki says like how much dark energy did the All Father use to bring you here. Yeah. But I don't know if that was like an actual legitimate question or just like a jab at Thor. Yeah. It is. I mean, I felt like it was yeah. the script's way of trying to explain how Thor got here without um, using the Bifrost and I didn't really take it that way. Okay. Well, and even though even then it, it's vague. It's like we don't know what this dark energy is and like it's, I, never brought, it's definitely never brought up again. Yeah, and I got confused because it's there's a thing in Agent Carter that we watched with what was it? What was that Dark called? Matter. Dark Matter. And so I was like, oh, are they kind of tying Agent Carter in with Thor here? Um, but yeah, like you say, it's never brought up again. We don't know really what it is. It's just apparently Odin has the power to send Thor, like you know, send people if he in, in emergency situations, but. It probably costs him something to do that. Who knows? Yeah. We don't. Yeah. We don't. But so yeah, there's the, the idea is that you can still get from Asgard to Earth, but it's not a way that people use very often. It's not um, a cheap way, right? It's not like the Bifrost, right? So the, the other concern you had um, had to do with uh, Doctor Selvig, 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 Selvig. Yeah, I don't know why I can't keep that in my head. Um, and uh, so at the end of Thor, it looks like Loki is controlling him. But let's describe what that scene is again, because I want to kind of make sure we Because I can right. see how it fits. Okay. I can't, but... Okay. All right. So let's talk about it. So what happens exactly in that scene at the end of Thor? Um, well, so Selvig's in the, down like the basement of that shield building that's at the beginning of Avengers. 
Yeah, Nikiri has brought him down there to look at the Tesseract. Mm -hmm. um, Which, just to back up a second here, so, because we find out in Avengers that Howard Stark had found the Tesseract when he was searching for for, uh, for Steve, for Captain America. And I think that he mentions that in Agent Carter at some point. It just, like, that was kind of fresh in my mm-hmm. mind from something but i can't remember exactly where we heard that but anyway so yeah. that was found independently of captain america um so anyway so i interrupted you but uh so selvig is going down uh invited by nick fury to look at the tesseract in at the end of thor yes. and then uh loki i'm sorry were you say something nope nope okay and then loki shows up and says well that's worth a look and then Selvig says well that's worth a look yeah so what is how do you read that like what do you think the implication of that is in that moment like forgetting about what happens happens in Avengers Avengers? I read that as Loki's either working behind the scenes or he's controlling Selvig directly or Mm -hmm. he's definitely he wants Selvig to be there he wants Selvig to be working on it and he has some big plan for that thing. Yeah. When I, when I saw that at the end of Thor the first time, I thought like, the second choice you just said was true, that, that Loki was actually controlling Selvig. Like, he was in Selvig's mind somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so then what happens at in, in Avengers? Like, when Avengers opens, what's going on with Selvig? And- um, well, he's not being controlled by Loki. No. At least not at the beginning. <laughs> right, that changes. He may be controlled by Loki in a few minutes, but not at yeah. the very beginning. Right. So, does that... How do you reconcile those two things? Um, so I'm working on how... Uh, I think what it is, is Loki is working behind... He's not controlling Selic directly, but he's working behind the scenes. Okay. Basically trying to get all these variables in place Mm -hmm. to bring him to earth for Avengers to happen. Yeah. So I feel like he's working behind the scenes, but not directly with in Selvig's mind. Okay. Yeah. That's how I, I, that's the only way I can interpret it as well. It's because clearly the, the connection is not as deep as it looks like it is in the end of Thor. Yeah. Um, but Loki is present. He's there working, and, and maybe he can influence Selvig in some um, subtle ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, but he's not like directly pulling all of his strings. No, yeah. or any of his strings, or really. any of his strings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, it's still kind of bothersome to me that Selvig says exactly the same line that Loki just said. But yeah, this could be like we don't have to read that completely literally where. Um, it, it just could be shorthand for Loki is doing something to Selvig or he's, he's yeah. kind of influencing Selvig uh, without actually controlling him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, Avengers opens with uh, kind of this whole Tesseract thing. Um, it goes horribly wrong. Loki comes to Earth. Um, starts taking over people's minds. Starts taking over people's minds. He's got... Uh, so... The soul gems are not at all mentioned in Avengers. You mean the Infinity Stones? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You said the the soul gems. Yeah, the soul gem is one of the Infinity Stones. But yeah, the- actually, it's the Soul Stone. Uh, <laughs> I'm just 
<laughs> that a nerd. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the Infinity Stones are not mentioned by name in this, although we two of them are two of them are present. are present, right? Um, but it's the Tesseract, and then Loki now has this spear, scepter, um, scepter, think. staff kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a big pointy thing with the stick at the end of it. Yeah. And a glowy thing in the middle. As Sean Spencer says, I've heard it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's got this big glowy kind of part of it, uh, which controls people's minds. And shoot laser beams. And shoots laser beams. <laughs> and we we do find out right away that, that it is somehow connected to the Tesseract. And in fact, later on in the movie, Selvig says something about you know, it's basically the same thing. It's like, it's, it, it, it can't fight itself and it can't hurt itself. Mm. Um, yeah. Something to that effect. Uh, so, which I guess is technically true because they're both infinity stones. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think what we're supposed to figure out is that, Oh, these things are like deeply connected in some way. They're part of the same system. If, even if they have different, powers and abilities mm-hmm. um and then it's you know that big reveal at the very very end of avengers is kind of when you start to go oh you know marvel fans who recognize thanos at the end will go oh is there is do the infinity zones have something to do with this mm-hmm. um but that's we'll say but that's that's way at the end so loki opposes enough of a threat that nick fury wants to put the avengers together although like we find out that the Avengers are not actually a thing anymore. Like they've that, been that, shut down. Yeah, basically. that project has been scrapped really before it even began. Yeah. So he he had recruited Iron Man with the idea of putting him in this. And as we talked about at the end of Iron Man, when he says, "You think you're the only superhero out there?" Um, mm-hmm. We talked about some of the people he may have meant uh, by that. He might have meant Captain Marvel. He might have. Oh, he had a. I had. A, I made a giant list of all the ones you could have met. Yeah, uh, Ant Man and the original Ant Man and original Wasp. Are we going through all of them again? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, Captain America. Well, except Captain America had not been found yet by then. But he was a superhero. He was so. so. Wait, okay, so I guess the difference between this list and the one we made before is that I want to know, like, when. Because he says, you think you're the only superhero, and then he asks them about the Avengers initiative. Like, the implication there is that he is... Who Who does Fury have in mind oh, okay. as potential members of the Avengers? I don't um, think Hank Pym would be... No, because he's off the grid now, right? He's, yep. he's not in it anymore. Wasp is long gone. We don't know where Captain Marvel is. We'll find that out. In uh, the, yeah, maybe he next, does know where she is. Maybe he does. Maybe Maybe... He, she is uh he thinks that she's gonna be part of it although there's a lot of explaining to do there like why we don't see her why does she not show up ever Um, uh yeah he would know about the hulk Mm -hmm. and is that it is iron man and the hulk uh i mean i can do uh black panther like uh dad yeah wouldn't be one no he there's no reason that he would work for shield no yeah and there's no reason like i don't think fury would know about him i don't think maybe he would yeah uh, well maybe because you know he is 
the head of this massive spy organization. The secrets of secrets. Yeah, he certainly knows about Wakanda. And he, you know, he probably knows that there is yeah. that the king of Wakanda has these abilities, but there's no reason to think he would join the Avengers. That doesn't make no. any sense. Uh, um, Thor he doesn't know about yet. He doesn't know about Thor. Let's see. Doesn't know about the Guardians. No. No one knows about the Guardians until no. Infinity War. Right. Uh, Doctor Strange is not around yet. No. Um, I feel like there should be more. Like we, had, I, I made a big list. I can't remember yeah, most of it. But. but I don't. I don't think there are. I think that like the only people he could really legitimately have in mind is Iron Man and Thor, which might be why they Hulk. scrapped the. Pro- uh, sorry, Iron not, Man. And, not Thor. You're right. Iron Man and Hulk, and that might be why they scrapped the project is because you don't want Hulk, Hulk like, is uncontrollable. Yeah. Iron Man, they don't even really want Tony. <laughs> they just want Tony as a consultant. Yeah. If they can get somebody else in the armor, I think they would totally go for that. But So um, basically, the the team would be Iron Man is consulting the Hulk who can't be consulted. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're exactly right. So, yeah, it makes sense why they would scrap <laughs> this idea. Um well, oh no 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 no! We we we're oh, Black totally Widow forgetting and exactly exactly. Uh, we're totally. But then again, were they even going to be Avengers in the first place? Well, maybe. Or did but... I think like what I kind of got from this movie was maybe they were like they needed more people to help fight, so they kind of became honorary Avengers. They kind of did just kind of work their way in, although like well. Natasha is one of the first people they call, but they're calling her to go get the Hulk. But I don't know. I, f- I feel like they, she was already at least embedded in this idea from the beginning. Yeah, but I don't think they're she already. Was like yeah, they're already adventure. Shield agents, so they're not. It's like they don't have to be. There doesn't have to be an Avengers for Black Widow and Hawkeye to kind of be involved. No, right? They're already doing what they're doing. Yeah, and they're good enough to be on this kind of Avengers concept, but it doesn't kind of hinge on them because they're already no. in play. Um, but because of everything that happens in this, uh, the Avengers do come together. Well, they, they do have Captain America now, so they send him to fight mm-hmm. Loki. Iron Man just kind of shows up because he hears about it and... Um, Want, wants some publicity. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> well, much. and it, you know he does want to do the right thing. He does. He, yeah. That's what he does. He goes out and he helps people. Um, although he has another kind of cool character journey in this movie because it, Captain America says something early on. It's like you're you're just, you're not a hero. Like you're doing this because it kind of uh, feeds your ego in a way. And yeah, you know you're you're willing to do good things for people, but you're not really willing to sacrifice for it. And at the mm-hmm. end of the movie, Tony has to sacrifice for it. So that's good. So they get yeah they get Hulk involved because there's a gamma component to tracing the. Yep, uh, they don't get Hulk for the Hulk. They get yeah. Hulk for Banner, right? Which I think is really cool. Uh huh. Yeah, me too. They don't just want the big monster. They want Banner, which right. you don't really get to see a lot of Banner actually doing cool stuff. So yeah. And, um, yeah, and I like uh, his relationship with Tony because they are, like, the smartest guys in the room. And, and Tony in the world, it. pretty in much. <laughs> in the world, pretty much. Yeah, in this version of reality, because um, in the Marvel Universe, you'd have to put Reed Richards in there, but he doesn't really exist yet in uh, in, mm. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, 
because Fox can't get their act together. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Doctor Strange, I think, would typically get put in that category, but he's not really around yet. Uh, mm-hmm. um, somebody mentions him. I think he gets mentioned in uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, he does. He's one of the people they want to blow up. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting to get to that part because, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll table that. But uh, anyway, so yeah, Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, smartest guys in the world. And yeah. um, so it's really fun to kind of watch them together and really watch Tony kind of be interested in Bruce. Mm-hmm. Not just for his mind, but also like he wants to see the Hulk. The Hulk. <laughs> he wants to like experience that. Um, so that's cool. Uh, Thor eventually shows up because Loki uh, mm-hmm. is such a threat. Um, oh, I want to mention just quickly. I don't want to go through this scene by scene. Obviously, we're not doing that. Um, no. But uh, um, but I do love that scene where in Germany in Berlin where Loki has all the people out uh, in the square and he's making them kneel to yeah. him. And then at one point, this old man gets up and uh, and I forget the line, but. You know, this guy's been around since World War II, probably, and he, um, he he's making a connection between what Loki's doing and what Hitler, Hitler. had done. Yeah. And then Captain America, when he shows up, he makes kind of the same connection. And you know, this movie is so full of that kind of stuff. It's like full of like really heroic kind of yay raw moments, um, yeah. but also super funny. Oh, it is. It's it's. It's there's there's something for everyone in here. I mean, it's part action, part adventure, comedy. It's all this. It's all this good stuff. Yeah, and it's amazing to me that they have all of these characters in here. Uh, you've seen all the like the first four Batman movies, like Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman. Like and the Robin. dark ones. Not the not the Dark Knight. Not ones. the Dark Knights, but like the. The Dark, ones, gritty superhero. Yeah, the ones that kind of started with Tim Burton yeah. directing them, and then Joe Schumacher directed the next two. Like, all superheroes must be dark and gritty. Well, except I don't want to say that because the Joel Schumacher ones, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, are not Oh, that's true. Gritty. No, they're s- silly. Yeah. Um, not, I don't know if it's completely in the best way, but... Well, yeah, so. I don't think it's necessarily a bad way, but no. a lot of no. people do think that. I remember when those movies came out. So like it it, kind of at the time I thought part of the problem behind them was that they were just adding too many characters. So like at the beginning the first one, you have Batman versus Joker, right? Yeah. And then Batman or Batman returns is Batman versus Catwoman and penguin penguin. Yeah. Right. So now you got two villains. And then Mm -hmm. the third one is Batman. And now you're going to add Robin to it because they introduce him. Mm-hmm. versus two villains, which like is... Riddler and Two-Face. Right, exactly. So now you have four main kind of characters, two bad, two good guys and two bad guys. And then Batman and Robin, you add... Um, Batman, Robin, uh, Batgirl, yeah. Bane, Poison Ivy, and Mr. Freeze. Right. Yeah. So now you have six main characters. And it's funny to look at all the posters for those movies and just like watch... <laughs> just more, they get more and more crowded, like as those movies get a little <laughs> grueling. And I remember thinking at the time, and it's like, that was like one of my big issues. Like, I, I thought that was a, one of the problems 
with why the movies kind of went down in quality each time, which is they were trying to shove too much in there, trying to put too many characters in there. Um, but then you have a movie like Avengers showing that you can have all of these characters in there and they're all, um, have things to do and they're all contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all, you know, have moments that they shine. And so it's not like how many characters you have. It's just kind of like what you're able to do with those characters and how well you're able to kind of balance them out. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So, and one of the things that I think had changed from, kind of the 90s when those Batman movies are coming out to 2012 when the Avengers came out. Um, is it a lot of TV shows, for example, had kind of gotten more ensemble where you had more shows that were, you had a large cast of people and people were able to kind of... Uh, Pick your favorites. Yeah, and, and the people who were writing and making those shows knew how to balance those together. And Joss Whedon, who directed the Avengers... Um, certainly knew that like he had directed he had, he was one of the people behind uh, uh well he was the main person behind Buffy the Vampire Slayer which had a kind of mm-hmm. a large cast of characters every week that it had to kind of uh showcase uh, and then the TV show Firefly he was involved in that or he was the creator of that mm. uh, where again a big cast of characters that uh you know where everybody kind of had to have their moment so he knew he certainly knew how to do that and it really comes off in a, in a really cool way in the Avengers where like very few people my age or even a little bit younger you know would have predicted that that could actually be done in a in a good way but like even in the fight scenes it's it's uh you know everybody's doing their own thing like you know you have thor and iron man flying around kind of leaping from from battle to battle uh and then you have captain america hawkeye and black widow on the ground uh kind of working more closely with like, like the police and um, yeah. and rescuing people, but they're also down there kicking butt as well. And, mm-hmm. um, everybody's kind of got their own kind of area of the battle to carve out, but, and they all contribute significantly in some way to Hulk smashes. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> Captain America's handing out all the assignments and, uh, Hulk <laughs> smash. And then Hulk just smiles at him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Um, all right, so that leads me into a question for you, David. Uh, just favorite moments of the movie? Oh, where to begin? Um, Tony, pretty much, is one of my favorite moments. <laughs> Which part? Well, that's why almost all of them, basically. All right. Most of the scenes with Tony Stark, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. are just fantastic. Yeah. I love all the nicknames he gives everybody. Yeah. Like uh, Legolas. <laughs> Point Break. Point Break. <laughs> yeah. Which actually comes back in another movie. So oh, does it? Cool. Yep. Oh, nice. Or Ragnarok. We'll have to watch that. Or watch out for that. You'll have to yeah. point out to me when it happens. Um, um, that man is playing Galaga. <laughs> Thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. And then later on, we see him <laughs> actually switch the screen back to Galaga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's so great about Tony is that he manages to deliver most of the goofy lines, but then also manages to be serious when he needs to, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. Um, Hulk. Oh, also, man. one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. Because Hulk is just a phenomenal character. I love that scene where Loki's 
like Hulk's trying to beat up Loki and Loki's like stop and he delivers this big speech and then just Hulk grabs his leg and just thrashes him around yeah. all yeah and the speech is all about how I am a god and you are puny and insignificant and <laughs> and I thought like I was expecting that scene like I know that was coming up and I was wondering is that still going to be as effective now as it was like when I first saw it because you know I'm so familiar with it and mm-hmm. but it, you know it had been a little while since we had watched the movie um, but it still is <laughs> it's like it's one of the best parts of the movie it's so <laughs> right on the heels of that speech and then he just picks him up and just beats him like a dog with a chew toy or something it's just and you can see just how traumatized loki is yeah. after that <laughs> right and then hope just moving. walking away looks back at his puny god yeah yeah oh yeah that was fantastic great. great um i love that scene i love like basically the avengers scene where they're all kind of in the center of town kind oh, of back yeah. to back that money shot where they kind of go around the outside of the circle and you, you get a good look at all of them. Yep. They yeah. play the Avengers music, mm-hmm. which oh, I love that music. <laughs> it is really good. It's like the first really cool, memorable theme that we've had, uh, in these movies. Yeah. Like the soundtracks to most of these movies have not been, they've not been bad, but they've not been like super no. memorable either. But that is a really cool, uh, score. Uh, I can probably think of some more. Do you have any you want to go over? Um, I'm a big Black Widow fan. I think I've mentioned that mm-hmm. before. So there are yeah. a couple of really cool moments with her. Uh, her interrogation at the beginning when <laughs> she gets the phone call. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working right now. I can't talk. <laughs> it's like this Pozo's about to give I'm, me everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he's giving me everything or something like that. So that was great. And then like just the way like she's tied up to this chair and she's totally... Before she even moves a muscle, she already owns all of these guys, you know, there with her. And then just to watch her fight while tied to the chair is mm-hmm. really incredible. Um, I love the scene with her and Loki where Loki thinks that he's getting to her. He thinks that he's, like, manipulating her and getting under her skin. And she's really mm-hmm. been playing him the whole time to find oh, yeah. out what his agenda is. Uh, that is super cool. Um mm-hmm. And uh, I like where, you know, she kind of, I forget if whose idea it is, but um, she wants to help shut down the the wormhole device or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, what the Tesseract is controlling. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so, like, she volunteers to get to do it, even though it's at the top of uh, the Stark Tower and she's on the street and she just says to Cap, I'll need a boost. <laughs> and so he gives her, he kind of throws her up in the air and then she takes it from there. Um, yep. And she's just, she's really, really cool. I like her. Um, what else? Uh, I like the scene where they meet with Thor and mm. like Iron Man and Thor basically j- just jabbing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Back. I like that they have that little kind of moment. You re- see it in a lot of comics where two heroes meet for the first time and they don't know each other they don't trust each other and so they yeah. have to, to duke it out before they realize they're on the same side yeah. uh um, Shakespeare in the park does <laughs> our mother know that she weareth her drapes <laughs> yeah uh um, I, like, I like that uh scene where Captain America comes in and he's like if you're truly on our side 
put the hammer down. I wish he said drop the hammer because yeah. that would have been because they basically do the exact same thing. But he Thor does drop the hammer yeah, he, right yeah. on the cap Thor shield. Puts the hammer down. <laughs> yep. Uh, shawarma. Yeah, that's shawarma. He says at the end. I guess we'll cover that at the end. Never yeah, no, nah, we, we, we're just kind of jumping all over. Yeah, okay. Shawarma. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That, that's that's the entire scene. It's just shawarma. Um, what do you no, think I- about... This is not a, a good or bad scene. I'm just going to wonder what you think about this plot device of... Um, uh, Shield was going to was planning to use the Tesseract to develop their own weapons. Like that was their they called it Phase Two, um, yeah. Which I had totally forgotten about that. And they were talking about Phase Two, Phase Two, and I'm like, what is this Phase Two? I don't even remember anything about this. And then then I remembered, oh yeah, they're developing these weapons, um, and uh, and they were doing it kind of because Thor. Well, Pretty- well, kind of because they were afraid of Thor, but also because the Avengers thing wasn't working out. Like that was. I think it was partially because Thor showed up and they realized that we're not alone in the universe, basically. Yeah. And we yeah, and we are kind of puny and we need to We are heavily outmatched. Right, right. Um which totally makes sense. Uh but it also makes sense why the Avengers would not take kindly to that, especially to it being kept a secret. And Captain America, because Captain America had to deal with that before. Right, right. Because that's basically what Hydra was doing, and now they're doing the same thing Hydra was doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is a very good reason for that, which we'll talk about later at some point. What's that now? Well, there's a very good reason why they're doing the same thing Hydra's doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That make, I, I didn't even thought about that, but you're right, that makes sense. Um, the, the comment I was about to make was that you know, Hydra was doing it to take over the world, and as far as Nick Fury knows, yeah, Shield is doing it not to, to take over it. the world, but to save the world from outside three extraterrestrial threats. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. That kind of Shadow Council that he reports to you, um, may not be on the same page. Well, we, we find out they're not all on the same page as uh, as Nick Fury about it. Yeah, yeah. They have uh, very different ideas for how to use that. Yeah, yeah, which kind of makes Nick Fury this kind of cool heroic character. He is all throughout this movie, um, but you know he's really pushing for this idea of heroes uh, and the Avengers, and he wants that to be the world's defense. Um, and even though he's he's a very kind of cynical character, it's really cool that he believes in them and he believes that they will do the right thing because it's the right thing. Uh, yeah, which you know, makes me as a fan and a viewer believe in them uh, even more too. As does the whole movie. I mean, they're just, it's, this movie is full of heroic moments of self-sacrifice and, um, you know, putting yourself on the line to help other people. And then I love how, like I said before, like some of the ground people, Cap and Black Widow and Hawkeye, they're working with the fire department and the police. And like, you see like a lot of those everyday superhero kind of people in action. Yeah, like uh, that scene where Captain America's going like, I need a perimeter over there and get the people <laughs> in the buildings and like, why should we listen to you? And then he beats them all up and then the guy just repeats everything he says. Yeah. Basically. He, he doesn't and beat Chief the cops up, he beats a bunch of aliens up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Chief Sousa shows up. And Chief, Chief Sousa must be a descendant. Yeah. Uh, probably a grandson or something of Chief Sousa. Who's uh, working for the New York Police Department now? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, for people who I guess you didn't listen to our Agent Carter episode and haven't seen that show, Chief Souza is uh, one of Peggy Carter's fellow agents, um, and the actor who plays him uh, is, shows up in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. As a cop. As a cop, yeah. Doesn't get beaten up by Captain America. Does not get be- <laughs> beaten up by Captain America. Yeah. Uh, are anything that doesn't work so well for you in the movie? No. Yeah, I don't think me either. And I, I genuinely mean that. Yeah. No. Yeah, I love it. It's it's going to be... It, it, I'll be surprised if it's not in the top five, and it could be even be in the top one uh, by the time we get done here. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, one more scene uh, yeah. where Hulk and Thor beat up a giant, one of the giant aliens, and then Hulk punches Thor off the alien. I like that scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a little thing. I, yeah. I like that scene. Uh, are cool. you going to go through character by character? or um, Not unless you want to. Eh, I don't think we really need to. Okay. Any thoughts? Yes, this is the first time I've seen Hawkeye, though. For really in action, yeah. I mean, he was yeah. he was in Thor a little bit, but um, but uh, he he kind of things got under control before he actually had to do anything in there. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's kind of weird that like our introduction to him, like he gets taken over by Loki almost right away. Yeah. Um, so the first part of this movie, he's a bad guy. Although, mm-hmm. like, we, it's very clear that he's not acting on his own free will, um, but we don't really get to see him in action as himself until, until the Battle of New York. Yeah, you know, like the last third of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, he deal he handles himself really well. Yeah, I love uh, the other thing. I love is um, uh, Black Widow's analogy about I've got red in my ledger. Yeah, because um, I don't know if you you know what you know about bookkeeping <laughs> but uh very little yeah so in in a, in a bookkeeping ledger you write down like uh you know money you have coming in and money you have going out mm-hmm. and so money you have coming in you write it in black and then when you pay something out you write it in red mm-hmm. um and if at the bottom your your uh total is below zero then that's in red and and you don't like that you don't want you know, that means you owe somebody money. Yeah. So that's like where her, I've got red in my ledger comes in or analogy comes in. But then of course, what she's really talking about is blood. Yeah. And she's got, she's got, you know, kind of this negative balance in her ledger, just in her life. Um, and she wants to try to atone for that. And so I just, it's a really cool analogy, I think. Um, and really add something to the character and her and Hawkeye as well, because they both have red in their ledger. They both have, things that they've done in the past that they're not proud of and being in the Avengers is kind of part of how they are trying to atone for that. Mm. Okay. So let's, uh, let's do some of these rankings. Um, and we, we forgot to do this. One, one, one more thing. One okay. more thing. All right. Uh, I really like that scene with Bruce where, uh, he says the, I'm always angry. Oh, uh-huh. It's uh-huh. my secret captain. <laughs> yeah. Just- Which reminded me of another great Hulk scene where <laughs> He turns up with Harry Dean Stanton. Um, yes. I don't know if I wanted to bring that one up or not, but yes. <laughs> he says that you're buck-ass nude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. Oh, it is such a good... That's so funny. It's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. What's that? 
You an alien? Outer <laughs> space? The sun? You have a condition. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, the movies we so we have not ranked Thor in here no. yet. Uh, so we need to do that. We need to put Avengers in. So let me. I'll remind you of what your list was from last time. You can change it if you want to. Okay. And we might not be able to do this every time as these lists get longer. But yeah. right now, it's Incredible Hulk, First Avenger, Iron Man, and Iron Man Two. So where would you put Hulk or sorry Thor in that list? I think I'd put Thor at the bottom. Okay, after Iron Man two. After Iron Man two, I here's the weird thing about Thor because this is the opposite way that happens usually, but for some reason, I don't like the movie when I'm looking back on it, but I like it when I'm watching it. Okay, it's weird. Oh, but still my least favorite out of all them. Not saying it's bad, because I think it's really good, but... Yeah. Yeah. And then where would the Avengers fall? Number one. Okay, before Incredible Hulk? Before Incredible Hulk. Okay. I like Incredible Hulk. I don't like it that much. All right. All right. So that knocks Thor out of your top five, because we now have six movies. Um, And villains, so... We'll call Thor. I mean, Loki is the main villain of this and Thor. So Loki we'll just, is definitely a villain. Yeah. So, so uh, where do you put him in your list of villains? Right now, your list is Whiplash, Red Skull, Abomination, Ironmonger. I think I would put him at number one. Okay. How's yours? Uh, so, my movies, I'm definitely putting this as my favorite movie. Yeah. And Thor, I'm going to put Thor. I'm put, put Thor at number five, which is between Iron Man and Incredible Hulk. So okay. our list now goes Avengers, First Avenger, Iron Man 2, Iron Man, Thor, Incredible Hulk. All right. And um, my villains, definitely Loki goes at the very top. Yeah. Uh, so my villains right now are Loki, Red Skull, Whiplash, Ironmonger, Abomination. Mm. All right. Anything else we need to talk about? I guess uh, Thanos shows up. Fa- yeah, Thanos shows up. So that's a big tease at where the uh, future of these movies is going. Yeah. Um, we'll, and we'll talk more as they are revealed about the nature of the Tesseract and the, the staff, the staff or spear, spear whatever. Um, the events of this movie kind of, um, directly influence some things that happen in, uh, in some of the future stuff like this destruction in New York is a big deal. Um, it's not destroyed, but it's a, it's a battle and a lot of property damage. Oh, and that's one thing I wanted to say too, as I was talking about like the firefighters and the police and this movie spends a lot of time just looking at like the people of New York city and, and mm-hmm. kind of the victims of this, um, you know, where I compare this to a movie like man of steel where senseless destruction. Yeah. You have all this destruction in metropolis and nothing like they don't really care at all about all the people who are being affected by this. They kind of, try to go back and care about that in Batman versus Superman, but in man of steel, um, they don't, uh, well, that's because Avengers came out between those two. So, right. Uh, when was, when was man of steel? Man of steel was right after it was the, was 2013, which was the year after, uh, Aven- Avengers. So I'm guessing they probably finished it. And then, well, they were making- around the same time. as. Yeah. I don't think, I think those are too close together to say that Man of Steel or Avengers influenced the other one. I'm not saying they influenced you. I'm saying maybe they didn't influence. Like, maybe Man of Steel 
didn't really realize they needed to care about that. But then yeah, about, ah, they yeah. needed to care. Right, right. And, and, and so, like, I have many problems with Batman vs. Superman. Maybe we can talk about those movies at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, but one of the things I think Batman vs. Superman does try to fix is caring about the normal people. Yeah. Um, Which I feel like they learned from Avengers. Yeah, I, I do totally feel like that is true. Um, so anyway, this, this battle has a lot of repercussions throughout, like, you know, certainly throughout the, the coming movies, but also, you know, it, it leads directly into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, which we will not be covering on this project. it's too long. Is it's that too why? long, and I just don't like it that much. I mean, really? it's, yeah, I mean, I don't, maybe I didn't give it a good shot. I give it, I think I watched the entire first season. Um, I watched... Did you get the, to, like, the uh, post... Um, uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Stuff? I did. I did. And it was oh. like, and everybody had told me, okay, watch it. Because I first watched it. I watched like the first three or four episodes. And like the first episode, I was all in. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then after two or three more after that, I was like, mm, okay, I'm just, I'm not as into this, but maybe I'll come back and binge watch it later. Um, and then at some point, like right after Winter Soldier, people who were still watching the show said, Oh, it's great. Events of winter soldier really change things and shake things up. And, and I knew like some point along in there, like uh Sif had, had appeared. I really like her from the Thor movies. So mm-hmm. I went back and I watched the whole first season and I thought it was okay. It was still okay, but it's just not like really gripping kind of, I got to watch this every week kind of TV. Um, or well, I guess we should talk about Colson then. What's that? I guess we should talk about Colson. Them. Yeah, because Coulson dies in this movie, and they... he dies never to come back ever. He will never return <laughs> at any point until uh, Agents of Shield. But then you you kind of realize that he's not. I mean, that's not really Coulson, right? Or is it, it is, but he just got aliened back to life, basically. All right, I don't know. Maybe maybe like as a separate project, you and I can uh, can try to watch some of Agents of Shield. Um, but uh, I just I don't know like I know they were working like in the whole Inhumans thing and there's just a lot about it that it was like it was fine it was it was interesting yeah. enough but it wasn't like really grabbing me but uh, I know the first season of Daredevil is kind of built on the backs of the Avengers <laughs> where a lot of the things that happen in that and we are going to cover that for this um, so we'll talk more about it then but uh, a lot of the conflict between the, what the Kingpin's trying to achieve and what Daredevil is trying to achieve are both kind of born out of this fact that so much of New York was was devastated. A lot of the events of Spider-Man Homecoming also right. come from this especially, movie. Especially the villain uh, of mm-hmm. that movie, right? Well, pretty much, like, the entire villain and what the villain's doing comes from yeah. Avengers. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we'll be uh, referring back to this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that's great, and um, yeah, the next time we'll talk about Iron Man three. All right, all right. See ya. See ya. Bye.